Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. I told you last week, somebody reminded me this morning, they said, uh, they said, tell me again what you hate. And I had to think for a second, what I hate, what did I hate, what do I hate? They said, you said it last week. I said, oh, right, I hate the devil. How many of you hate the devil this morning? Yeah, I hate the devil. And uh, as I was thinking about this, <clears throat> this last week, a couple of things came to me. And uh, years ago, there was a man by the name of Paul Harvey, and Paul Harvey had a radio program that he would do, and and he in that in that program, uh, one one of the things that he did is he said, "If I were the devil," and uh, he said what he would do if he were the devil. And I thought about that, and I thought about as believers today, as as in 2022, uh, if I were the devil, what would I do? And I and these are the things that just drive me crazy because if I were the devil, I'd create division among the church. Isn't it amazing how over the last couple of years that there's been so much division among the church? We come in and it's, uh, are you vaxxed? Are you not vaxxed? You're sitting in my seat. That's been my seat for 35 years, and I want that seat back. Uh, Just standing there lurking over the shoulder of the person that's sitting in your seat, waiting for them to move. We come in and that person has taken your parking spot. This morning, we tested you. The, the coffee, you may not have gotten your cup of coffee this morning. Uh, it was not an, on purpose. It was an accident. Uh, the person who normally does our coffee wasn't here. And so the person who filled their spot didn't know that they were supposed to turn the coffee pot on. So the people that went to fill the coffee pot went and said, coffee's not ready. What do we do? And I said, oh, good night. This is going to be great because this is, uh, is going to come in and people are going to yell at the people that are serving coffee because they don't have their coffee. But it's not the people that are serving the coffee. It's not their, they didn't do anything. They're just there to serve the coffee to people. They didn't make the coffee. They didn't bring the coffee over. They didn't prepare the coffee. Uh, they're just there to serve. But they're the recipient of our anger. If I were the devil, I would create division among the church. I'd create division among families. I'd create division among among children and parents. I'd create division. I'd I'd create as much division as I could. If I were the devil, I would divert our mission. Divert our mission. What is the mission of the church? To see people saved. To go out and make disciples. That's the job of the church. That's what we do. We come here, we get prepared, and we leave this place, and we go, and we make disciples. But what are we focused on? We're focused on the the price of gas. I've done it. I go fill up my gas tank and I'm like, I cannot believe how much this is costing me. I have to call the bank to take out a loan to fill my gas tank up. And I get so frustrated at the gas. And so I get on social media, I'll get on Facebook and I'll post how much this costs me and how much I hate this. I'll go someplace and the price of of groceries has gone up and I'll see the price of meat and I tell my kids we're now going to be vegetarians. And then I go see the price of vegetables and I say we're not going to be vegetarians. We're not going to eat anything now. We're just going to eat chips. You're just eating chips. That's all you get. 
so mad and so upset about the things that all of a sudden now, instead of focusing on people who need the gospel, I'm focusing on the price of things and I'm focusing on the way things have to be done and how things are happening. And I get so frustrated with everything else that I forget that my mission is to see the gospel go out to people. If I were the devil, that's what I'd do. If I were the devil, I would weaken our witness. It's hard to be a good witness when you're so mad all the time. I was at a wedding yesterday and a lady came up to me and uh, she has no idea who I was, but she saw my socks and she's like, hey, don't look at my socks now. They're not anything special today. Uh, she saw my socks and she, she said, I had to come over and I had to see you. And I had to tell you how much I appreciated your socks. And I said, well, thank you. And she said, uh, I said, you, you're a very happy lady. And she said, yes, I try to be. She said, but this week. I met two of the grumpiest people in my entire life. In the morning, she said, I'm a cashier at a store and I'm just cashing people out. And this, this one of the items had the barcode was almost impossible to read. And so the guy grabbed it from me and just started scanning it himself. And she said, I looked at him and I said, you better put that down. And uh, he came back at me and she said, I, all of a sudden I realized that this beast flared up inside me. And then later on in the day, she said another guy came through and he, not the same thing, but just was very bitter and angry. And, and she was the recipient of his anger. And, and she said, I found myself in the flesh again. And she said, I was no longer focused on God. And she was genuinely a happy lady. And she said, I'm no longer focused on God. Now I'm just mad. You know, if the devil can get us distracted and he can weaken our witness because of how we say things, the things that we do, He's accomplished everything. So if Satan wants to create division and he wants to divert our mission and he wants to weaken our witness, how would he do that? Well, he lets us pick out a bag. That's what he does. Satan didn't give me this bag, but he gave me what's in the bag. I got to pick out this bag myself. The problem is that we all like to pick out nice looking bags and we'll pick out a bag that fits us. And you may see somebody that's carrying a backpack. You may see somebody that's carrying a briefcase and you may get, you look at them and you go, that fits them. Sometimes you see somebody who's carrying a bag or a briefcase and they'll say, that doesn't fit you. What are you doing? Why do you have that? I used to carry this bag all the time until people said, why are you carrying a purse? I said, it's not a purse. But neither here nor there. <laughs> it is my bag. I picked it out. But what happens is this, that in my bag this week, as I knew that this is what I was going to be speaking on, in my bag I have several things that I wanted to share with you today. It's a rock. On this rock it says Saturday. You see, what I found is that as we walk through life, if Satan is going to get us to create division and divert our mission and weaken our witness, he is going to give us rocks to throw at people. This rock says Saturday, driver behind me. Yesterday we were on the highway and I was driving a tad over the speed limit thought I was doing well, passing people. And this guy came up behind me just like, I'm like, he must have been going 
significantly over the speed limit. And he came up right behind me so close that I couldn't see his license plate. Like we're going down the highway 75 miles an hour and he's on my tail. And he isn't just on my tail. He is making gestures at me in my, in his rear view, in my rear view mirror. I'm just seeing him and he's just flailing about in his car, pointing at me, making all sorts of things. And what I found was that sitting in my back seat was a man that handed me a rock. And that rock said, isn't that guy an idiot? What a horrible driver. That guy, such an idiot. Why would he do that? And I told my wife, I, I said, because we were talking about the sermon today, and I said, I found my guy. She's where? She's looking around. I said, he's behind us. I said, just wait for him to come by. And I was waiting for him to come by and do the drive-by, you know, to really, you know, as he goes by slowly, just looking at me, trying to give me the evil eye. He didn't do that, but I had the rock already. That stupid driver, that idiot. I have another rock. This rock says Wednesday, no turn signal. I was waiting to turn right at a stop sign and the road in front of me just went through. There was no stop sign. And the guy that was coming, I was waiting. I'm thinking he's going to turn right. And so I'll be able to turn right before he gets there. No blinker, no blinker, no blinker. He gets about 10 feet from the intersection and flips on his blinker. And I'm like, you idiot. Why didn't you turn that on before? I could have made it. And all of a sudden, I saw him standing on the corner of the street there. There was a guy. And I rolled down my window. And he handed me the rock and said, Here's a rock you can throw at somebody. I have another rock in here. Oh, this rock is Wednesday. It says peanut butter. Wednesday after church, after Oscar and Zeta's party, I went home and I was just a little hungry. And so I thought, I'm just going to make me some peanut butter toast and my wife and I, we were just talking, and I got my peanut butter out and my jar of Jif peanut butter, and I set it on the counter and made my toast and talked to my wife. And about 30 minutes later, I started feeling really sick. And my wife goes, did you just eat the Jif peanut butter? I said, yeah. She said, I was supposed to see if those were, were recalled from the salmonella poisoning. And I'm like, uh, so for the last three or four days, I've been sick, not eating, just miserable. But I found standing in my pantry was a guy and he handed me a rock and it said, those stupid people making peanut butter. I don't know who they are, but I, but they are idiots. What is wrong with them? Why would they, why would they not call the people who have it? And I had another rock to carry in my bag. <coughs> I have another rock. It's Thursday. Thursday, I was getting ready for something, and I had, I had visited somebody, and I was coming up to a stoplight. The light was green, and I'm thinking, yes, it's a green light. I don't have to wait. I was going to pull out. And before I got to the stoplight, this guy came flying through the red light. And I said, praise God that I didn't get out into the intersection and get hit. 
But standing at the corner, as I turned the corner and I saw the car ahead of me, there was a guy standing on the side of the road and he handed me a rock and he said, isn't that guy that was driving that car an idiot? Don't you need to pull up beside him and just look at him and let him know how much of an idiot he is? And I said, yes, I'll take that rock, please. And I'll put it in my bag. And I pulled up beside the guy and I looked at him. He had no idea who I was or why I was looking at him. But I looked at him. It made me feel a whole lot better that I could look at him. Tuesday is a guy that was just a loud talker and irritated me. Monday, Chick-fil-A. I know, I was shocked too. <laughs> Went to Cedar Point. Chick-fil-A and Cedar Point finally reopened. I'm thinking, thank God, at least something good about Cedar Point. Went into Chick-fil-A at Cedar Point, $18 for a meal. And I said, stupid Chick-fil-A. My last rock is from Friday. It was at a car wash and my car didn't get clean and I wanted to go blame the guys that were pushing the button. You know what I find is that this week as I collected these rocks, it was always about somebody else. It was always about somebody else that's stupid. It's always about somebody else that's dumb. It's always about somebody else. These rocks were not meant for me. These rocks were meant for someone else. The problem is that I carry a bag that I allow God, that I allow Satan to give me rocks to put into. And so I'm very happy to take the rocks that Satan gives me and carry those throughout the day to be ready to throw them at some stupid person that irritates me. But the problem is that we will never be able to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish if we are constantly carrying rocks to throw at people. We'll never be the Christian that we're meant to be. We'll never be the husband we're meant to be. We'll never be the wife we're meant to be. We'll never be the parent or the child or the brother or the sister we're meant to be as long as we're carrying around a bag that we're collecting rocks to throw at the people around us because of their foolishness. And as I thought about this this week, I thought my thoughts went to John chapter number eight. If you turn there with me, John chapter number eight. There's several thoughts here in this passage that I wanted to share with you because I think that as a believer, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, God did not call us to carry rocks and throw them at people. God calls us to be different than the world. The world is out there throwing rocks at everybody. And there are times that we get upset about an issue. We get upset genuinely about something that's going on in our society. We get upset and we begin lobbing rocks at people. But I would tell you this morning that God's will is not accomplished by Christians throwing rocks. It can't happen. In John chapter 8, in verse number 1, it says, and Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. Notice where Jesus is at. He's in the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down, and he taught them. Rock holders show up at the most unexpected times, and church is no exception. This morning when you came in and you found out there was no coffee, 
did somebody, did you notice that there was somebody standing over here that you didn't see before, but all of a sudden when you found out there wasn't coffee, all of a sudden there was a guy standing there passing out rocks. And he was saying, why don't you just lob that rock at whoever does the coffee and say, why can't you people do the coffee right? You pulled into the parking lot, and that spot that you always pull into, that spot is taken, and standing next to the spot that you got out of where you parked your car was a guy handing out rocks, and he said, why don't you just lob it at the people who are parked in your spot? We sing songs. We don't have hymn books. We have chairs, not pews. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too bright. It's too dark. We come into church, and all of a sudden we find that standing at the end of our pew is a guy handing out rocks because those dumb people, whoever they are, aren't doing it how I want it. All of these rocks that I have this morning have nothing to do with the people out there. It has everything to do with me. And church is no exception for somebody to pass out rocks. But my question for you about you who are holding rocks is do you want to make a point or do you want to make a difference? Throwing rocks is not about making a difference. Throwing rocks is about making a point. That driver behind me on yesterday, me looking at him as he drove by was not about me making a difference in his life. It was about me making a point. And God never called us to make a point. He called us to make a difference. In verse number three, it says, And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Rock holders want to make an issue and not an impact. Rock holders want to make an issue. That's why when society gets riled up about things and there's this or that, are you for, are you against, are you pro, are you con, are you wanting to do, are you not wanting to do, where do you like to sit, front or the back, right or the left, all of these things become issues and God did not call us to make an issue, he called us to make an impact in this world. And if you are holding a rock today, I just want to ask you, are you making an impact or are you just choosing to make issues out of things? Many truly have a desire to right wrongs in this world. But throwing stones will never accomplish that. In verse number five, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? They said, this they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. So notice that these rock holders, they did not want to do anything. They were just trying to make an issue of something, but they were not trying to solve the problem. Remember that it is this woman that they brought and set in the midst that they're saying this woman has sinned. So if this person has sinned, why are you trying to catch Jesus in a lie, in, a, in, a, in something that you can hold against him? Jesus could never lie. Jesus would always tell the truth, but they were trying to get him to say something that would cause him to be able to fall later on, that they could condemn him with later on. They weren't trying to solve the problem. They were just trying to create an issue that they could throw rocks at. 
In verse number six, again, it says, but Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. A proper response to sin or evil begins with a look inside of ourselves. A proper response to sin or evil begins with a look inside of ourselves. Because you know what? When I went to the car wash, I wanted to pick up a rock, but I realized that it was not the person who pushed the button that did anything wrong. It was a heart attitude within me that was wrong. And so if I'm going to make a difference in people's lives, I have to begin by looking inwardly and notice that all of these rocks that I collected have nothing to do with me. None of these rocks have anything to do with things that I did wrong. All of these rocks had something to do with what I saw in other people that was dumb, stupid, ridiculous, ignorant, foolish. Nothing about me. You can't stop being offended, but you can stop living offended. I can't stop any of these things that people did to me. I can't stop. But you know what I can do? Is I can put my bag down and not carry a bag so that when somebody is standing there ready to hand me a stone, I have no way to hold it. I can't do anything with it. Look at Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Be ye angry. Verse 26. Sorry, Ephesians 4, verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Do you know what we like to say? See, the Bible tells me I can be angry as long as I don't sin. It also says, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. So if you are angry, take care of it today. Go to that person, deal with it, and take care of it today. Don't carry that with you. What happens is that we like to pick up our bag that we've, that we've chosen, that we can put these rocks in, and we will carry them with us all week long and think about it and think about it. And every time we see that person, we want to take that rock out and we want to chuck it at them. But notice that next verse, it says, but neither give place to the devil. Do you know what that place means? That means a foothold. That means a spot where the devil can get in. That means that you allow yourself, well, I'm just going to carry the bag. I'm not, I'm not actually going to throw the rocks. I just want to have a place that I can put the rocks so that when those people offend me, I'm not going to throw it at them. I just want to be able to pull the rock out and say that loud guy that was too loud of a talker in a quiet place. I just, I'm not going to throw it at him. I just want to be able to look at the rock and I want to be able to think about it. And I want to, and Satan takes that and he gets into our lives and he begins to cause us to not just be angry, we now get bitter. And as husbands and wives, as parents and children, as church members, we carry these rocks and we allow Satan to get a foothold in our life and cause us to get bitter. Do you want to make a point or do you want to make a difference? 
And as believers, we just have to come to this place where we ask ourselves this question, is it important enough that I have to pick up rocks or do I want to make a difference in somebody's life? These Pharisees that brought these, this woman to Jesus, they were not trying to make a difference in this woman's life. They were trying to make a point. And I believe that's what we do as, as believers, is that we are in the world. We are not trying to make a difference in the world. We are just trying to lob out there the rocks that we have to make a point. And I'm not saying we don't stand up for right. And I'm not saying that we don't, that we don't stand up for problems in our society and we don't speak out. I believe we do. But I believe you'll see the way that we do it here in just a second. The more angry we become, the more difficult it becomes for us to make a difference. The more rocks we collect, the more angry we become, the more difficult it is for us to make an impact in the life of somebody around us, to make a difference for them. Back in John chapter number eight, Jesus said so that when they continue asking him, verse number seven, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Before you stop and you take that stone that you want to throw at that stupid person, that ignorant person, we need to take a look into ourselves first. Lord, why am I reacting this way? Lord, what are you doing in my heart? Lord, why, why do I have this emotion that's coming out? Lord, what is happening in me? Lord, help me to be right. Lord, help me to see that person as you see that person. In verse number eight, and again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. When we have a true look at ourselves, we see that we are not fit to hold the stone. When I truly look at me and I think of the dumb things that I have done as a driver, I have no right to call somebody else a bad driver. When I look and I see the mistakes that I have done and how I have treated people, I have no right to pick up a stone because somebody mistreats me. When I look and I see that I haven't used my turn signal, I haven't fed somebody properly, I've run through red lights, it begins with me. But sometimes we say, oh, but, but I have righteous anger. I'm glad you're thinking that. Look at James chapter number one. You see, because it's interesting that oftentimes, and maybe you've even done this yourself, I've done this. And I've said, but this is righteous anger. It's interesting that we use righteous with anger, but we don't use righteous with any other vice. Righteous gluttony. You know, I am just going to show them I'm going to eat this entire pizza myself. I know I've been up to the buffet line 13 times, but I'm going one more just to prove a point. We don't use righteous gluttony. How about righteous lust? 
Can we use righteous lust? Can we go there? How about righteous greed? I'm just going to steal a little bit more. But we will use righteous anger? Because when we use righteous anger, it's always somebody else that we're angry at. Do you ever have righteous anger over your own sin? Do you ever look at yourself and say, I'm so mad if I had a rock right now, I would throw it at myself. It's always somebody else. It's always somebody else that we're pointing a finger at. James chapter 1, verses 19 through 20, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Are you quick to hear somebody slow to speak, and slow to get angry. In this day and age, I think it's just the opposite. You begin talking, I'm already mad, and I'm going to let you have it. Isn't that our society? We don't even need to hear the whole matter. We just need to hear a little bit. We need to hear the sound bite that causes us to get irritated, and then we know what, what... talking points, we have to spit back at you. It's not that scripture doesn't tell us what to do. It's that we don't do what scripture tells us. And so then we get mad and we think that as long as I can throw a rock, then I'm going to accomplish something. And God says, it is not your, your anger, your wrath that is going to achieve what I am trying to accomplish. Look back at John chapter number 8. Verse 9, And when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And I thought this was interesting that they began at the eldest. When I was growing up, when I was a kid, Old people had a say. When an old person talked, my parents told me, you close your mouth and you listen to what they have to say because what they are saying is important. In our generation, we have tried to empower kids to speak And what do our kids, what are our kids feeling? What do our kids need? Let's have a kid tell us what they need. A child has no idea what they need. They need an adult to step in and say, this is what you need so you can live a productive life. We need older people to step up and to say, you know what? I'm putting my rocks down. I've been carrying these rocks way too long. I'm putting them down today. I'm not going to pick up any more rocks. I'm actually selling my bag. I'm not going to be able to carry any rocks today. I am choosing to not be a rock holder. It was from the oldest 
to the youngest that they left this scene that Jesus was at around this woman. They were not there to make a difference. They were there to make an impact. They were there to make an issue, not a difference in this woman's life. Jesus was there to make a difference in her life. Jesus was there to cause them to realize that throwing rocks does not make a difference in the lives of people. It simply causes issues. And we need the older people in this room to be the first ones to step up and to say, I am no longer carrying rocks. You cannot offend me. Let me try. You can't offend me. You can come in and you can just put creamer in my cup. No coffee, just full of creamer. And I'm going to drink it because I like it. You can take my parking spot every single week. You can reserve one for me in the gravel lot. And I am not going to be offended. You can make me sit in the front row. And I won't even care. You can cause me to be late. It's not going to bother me. Because I refuse to pick up rocks. I'm not doing it. Because I want to make a difference in people's lives. Look at, look at chapter number 8 again. Verse 9, and when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those that thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Jesus was not trying to make a point. He was trying to make a difference in a person's life. If you read through the Gospels, you're going to see Jesus confronting different people, sinners. Do you ever see Jesus ready to throw stones at sinners? No. Jesus is always there, the woman at the well. Jesus didn't throw stones at her. He simply said, let me give you living water. You'll never thirst again. I am here to make a difference in your life. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus made a difference in his life. Lazarus. Jesus made a difference in his life. Zacchaeus. Jesus made a difference in his life. Matthew, tax collector, Jesus made a difference in his life. Not one time do you ever see Jesus reminding the dumb, idiot, stupid disciples. Because as you read scripture, if you're following it with me, if I'm reading it, I'm like, dude, these guys are, these guys need to be smacked a bit. Jesus needs to put them in their place. But not one time does Jesus ever pick up a stone and throw it at them and remind them who they were before he found them. Not one time. But oftentimes we carry stones to remind people to cause issues. But I want to ask you this morning, will you put your stones down this morning? Will you set him down and say, you know what? As a believer, as a follower of Christ, I am no longer picking up stones and lobbing them at people. I am here to make a difference in people's lives. But aren't we supposed to make issues of things? Look at Matthew, the last passage we're going to look at. Matthew chapter number 22. Matthew chapter 22. I want to remind you what Jesus called us 
to do. Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse number 37. Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Two things Jesus said that you're supposed to do. Love God. Love your neighbor. Not cast stones at your neighbor. Not make a point with your neighbor. Not remind them how dumb they are. Your job is to love your neighbor as yourself. That doesn't mean we avoid issues. I'm not saying we walk around and we just take whatever the world throws at us. I'm saying we stand up and we can lovingly make an impact in people's lives if we truly follow what Jesus did. In John chapter 8, Jesus was left alone with this woman. He did not ignore her sin. He simply loved her enough. They said, I'm not going to throw stones at you. I'm not going to condemn you. Go and sin no more. This morning, how is your anger working for you? Is your marriage better because of it? Are you and your wife getting along? You and your husband getting along better because the anger is rising up? Is your parenting skills, is it better when you're yelling at your kids? Lobbing stones at them, making an impact. I'm not saying we don't correct our kids. I'm saying that we lovingly guide and nurture them. Is your life better because of your anger? Is it drawing people closer to Christ? You standing back and lobbing stones at people that, that have issues, those dumb people, those ignorant people, those ridiculous people, those people you're lobbing stones at them, is that drawing them closer to Christ? Or are you creating division, diverting your mission, and weakening your witness? We're back to where we started. Satan is simply accomplishing his will by getting believers to throw stones. And this morning, I simply want to ask you, will you put your stones down? Will you quit throwing stones and decide, I'm not going to make a point. I'm going to make a difference. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.